0: Temp check. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today.
1: Yeah, Uh, what's up, y'all? This is Tanner from Stone Rider, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: Before we get started, guys, the next episode of Talking Metal Live will be August 19th. That's a Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time. So again, 7 p.m. is when things get started on August 19th for Talking Metal Live. And remember, you can always tune in to TalkingMetalLive.com and listen to the last show. If you missed the live broadcast anytime, you can tune in to TalkingMetalLive.com to hear the last show streaming and of course there's a lot of exclusive content on that stream that doesn't make it into the podcast so definitely give it a listen and have some fun talkingmetallive.com all right here's the podcast
0: broadcasting around the world around the world around the world from jersey city new jersey this is the talking metal podcast here are your hosts mark striegel and john astronomy
2: Hey, this is Mark Striegel along with John Astronomy here at the Sands Bar in Jersey City. It is a hot day in July, but the breeze is actually pretty nice coming off the uh, the bay here.
3: We've got a great view of the New York City skyline, Statue of Liberty.
2: We've got some great food, and we get some great views of some of the bartenders here. Yes, and waitresses. Anyways, Matt Tanner is the guest on today's show. Stone Rider is his band, a great band. We actually hyped them on the Talking Metal on Fuse show. I highly recommend you guys go buy the Three Legs of Trouble CD by Stone Rider. And Matt is going to tell us what he thinks about their latest music videos.
3: We found out during this interview that a video that we liked, maybe the
2: band wasn't quite in sync with their producers at that point. Matt will tell us all about that in just a little bit. Matt Tanner. Anyways, Grand Magus. The album is Iron Will. And the song we're going to hear right now is Like the Ore Strikes the Water. It's the opening cut on Iron Will. I really dig these guys, and you guys should definitely check them out. Check today's show notes. Use the links to open up your iTunes and purchase their music. That always helps us out. And when you're once you've used those links, by the way, buy whatever you want. Because any, any purchase you make, even if it's not a song we've played on the podcast, we still get, I think, three cents back. I think Z Man always uses those links, so we appreciate that, Z Man. And let's check it out Grand Magus. That was Like the Oar Strikes the Water by Gren Magus. Let's get into this interview. This is Matt Tanner from Stone Rider, and we'll wrap up today's show with a little music from Stone Rider, a great band. And the album, once again, is called Three Legs of Trouble. Here's Matt Tanner, Mark Striegel, and John Astronomy. Hello, Tanner. Yo. Hey, Hey, it's Mark Mark. from Talking Metal and John from Talking Metal. How you doing? Good, buddy. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for calling in to yeah, talking man, metal. Yeah, I am a
1: few minutes late, dude. I, uh, my drummer gave me the wrong number, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: no, no problem. Man. Man. So hey, Tanner, man, uh, I really love your stuff, and uh, Mark discovered you guys, uh, and um, we featured you on man. Talking Metal and Fuse. Uh, and when he turned me on to you, I was really it, one of uh, I was really like enlightened and kind of psyched because when i get bummed out about the state of music and think that there's nothing i'm ever going to like when i heard your stuff (laughs) and the the great southern rock and roll influence it honestly made me want to try to organize a rock and roll gig where i'm playing guitar and drums so that's what you guys did to me
1: Uh, right on man that's uh that's man that's about as good as it gets you know i think we're kind of in the same boat talking about you know new music and shit i mean I don't really hear much going on nowadays. That gets me too, uh, too psyched, you know?
3: But, yeah, uh, it's it's true. And I think that th- one of the things that means a lot to you is that you want to educate young kids about all the great history in music, Zeppelin, The Who. And, and just what's sad is that a lot of people don't even know about these bands anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, they kind of maybe associate that with, like, their dad's music or, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they associate it with, but, you know, it's kind of... I think if they just, like, open up their ears a little bit, they'll kind of find out where a lot of the stuff came from, you know? Like, why most a lot of bands came out <laughs> and are doing... Not necessarily nowadays, but I don't know. It's uh, It doesn't really get better than those bands, so...
3: <laughs> well, good for you guys for educating people about, about all this great history in music. Now, know, we all you... kind
1: of like grew up on it too so you know it's kind of like um it's kind of our way of just you know uh putting our twist on it you know it's similar very similar style you know it's, everything's been done before but you know we're just trying to show what we were brought up on and what really uh what we really dig you know
2: cool. Man. now how long have you guys been together as a band and how did you come together as a band
1: uh, Stone Rider has been going for uh, like a year and a half now, uh, almost two years. Um, we were all in a band together before, and uh, we were called Fight Pairs before. And uh, we, just, you know, uh, went through not really a lineup change, kind of subtracted a member, and uh, just completely changed up the, the style. You know, realized what was up what we wanted to do
2: and is that why you changed the name to stone rider
1: yeah you know it's it was like that was actually the last thing to go was the name um that was like while we were in the studio recording uh three legs of trouble and uh you know it was just kind of like fuck man it's, it's completely different everything like why not just start fresh you know that's what we, that's what we did. We just pretty much started over, you know, hoping, you know, not necessarily counting on fans of our previous band to like come along. But it kind of felt like those that dug it and got it were the ones that were cool to come along. You know, if you don't, if you don't dig it, whatever, that's your bag. But you know, we were gonna go on and do what we wanted to do regardless. So.
3: Cool. Now, one of the differences between Fight Paris and Stone Rider is that you guys slowed things up a bit and you want the songs to feel the heaviness as opposed to you're not out there trying to play like, you know, super heavy, heavy metal so that people say, "Oh, okay, that's a metal song. You're playing what you want to do, but the songs are heavy no matter how fast they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, like our, our slowest song we have, uh it's not on three like the trouble, but it's a uh straight up 12 bar blues jam that we do, it's called and Blade and uh it's really slow, but it's like probably the heaviest thing we've ever done.
3: It's great. I'll tell you. I wanted to ask you guys uh, what your influences were, but I wondered. There's a band that I talk about constantly. Probably most people are sick at hearing me talk about them, but I love them. They're called Raging Slab, and I was wondering if you knew of that band and if What's you
0: name?
3: Raging Slab. Raging Slab. No, I've never heard of them. You've got to check them out, man. You will be pleasantly surprised just about discovering some great. Are they tombs. out right
2: now? No. no, they're probably from the mid '90s, and I think we're, you know, okay. we're like a. What's that guy Brendan O'Brien? Brendan O'Brien, O'Brien Rick Rubin, yeah, he Rubin, produced think, them. Yeah, Rick Rubin was behind for them
3: for a while. And I'll tell you, you know, just like when you kind of think there's not anything else cool to go listen to, go listen to some old Raging Slab stuff. If you go on YouTube, and I just did this, uh, just search Raging Slab, and you can see their professional videos that they did, uh, and okay. then you can see some live stuff. And I guarantee, like, please get in touch with us. Let me know what you think of them because you'll be like, man, what a cool band that. are well, you know, thinking here? What's that?
1: I'll be thanking you.
3: No, you—you'll just be <laughs> saying it's cool that you got turned on to some new music that you know is been out there, and yeah. uh, I—I I think that you'll definitely uh, be into it. I most definitely do that, man, for sure. Raging Slab. Yeah, very cool band. Right on,
2: dude. And you guys got have a fairly new video out, Juice Man, and I was watching it on the internet, and I mean throughout the video you guys look like you're having so much fun but i'd imagine making these videos is probably a lot of work is it not
1: yeah um I mean, it kind of is you know you just go through the takes but you know it's work it's kind of fun at the same time you know but it is making a video it's uh that whole experience was rather strange um if I could go back, I definitely wouldn't do it again because no. <laughs> we had no idea what was going on, and uh, because we were kind of kept out of the dark about the whole thing, unfortunately. Um, Are you
2: unhappy with the way it turned out? I yeah. Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dar- I mean, Darren didn't really—he—he he wouldn't really uh, take any of our concerns and uh, thoughts into into the whole thing, and uh, I mean really kind of it sucks but we really didn't have a say actually in, in the whole thing you know throughout the editing process we would get you know edit one back and it was completely you know we never we never said we wanted cars in our video or anything like that it was supposed to be strictly performance
2: right, right.
1: and uh you know we get it back and the first edit had just like cars and this drag race that like you know we had no idea what, why it was there, you know. Um, <clears throat> it really has no, makes no sense with the song at all. And uh, we were like, dude, you know, the shots look great. Just fucking show us, man. Show the band. That's what the point of the video was. It was a performance video, you know.
2: It's funny you mentioned the cars because not not to not to uh, you know criticize the video, but when I saw the cars, I was I kind of at the very beginning of the video, I was like, wow, there's just so many videos that have cars in them, you know?
1: Right, and it doesn't like if you listen to the song, it's like.
2: The song is awesome.
1: The song's cool, man, but it doesn't have anything to do with fucking cars, you know? If, doing, <laughs> no. if we were doing a video for, like, Rush Hour, you know? Right. Like, as, like, obvious, I guess, as that would be to see a car in it because it's, like, lots of driving metaphor in that whole song. You know, I could understand that, but, like, he obviously didn't really get the, uh... I mean, the chorus is on the top of the edge of the world, and it shows us in this, like, dingy warehouse, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, the in Burbank Studios, it's, like... And then he spliced all the cars in, and stuff made no sense. It was like, dude, you, I mean, obviously, I mean, working with him, he was really cool and nice and everything and seemed like he kind of got what was going on. But, you know, getting it back, it was just like, dude, I wish we'd have done this ourselves.
3: <laughs> well, next video, you guys definitely should, should do it your way. And yeah. I wanted to ask you, what was it like working with a guy who plays keyboards with the Eagles?
1: Uh, it's pretty cool, man. Um it's just funny. He talks about yeah, me and Joe were me and Joe were doing this the other night or a couple of weeks from leaving for tour with Joe, da, 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 he always talks about Joe Walsh and it's like, dude, that's crazy, man, like he bros down with Joe Walsh, you know, like Joe Walsh is a <laughs> legend, a living music legend, you know, it's one of those
3: it's, it's it's amazing. We should tell everybody we're talking about producer Bill Appleberry who yeah. plays keys with Joe Walsh from the Eagles, and uh, and he's worked with, uh, with the Wallflowers and, and a bunch of great bands. And the best thing is that uh, that some, one one of you guys said that he got you drunk in the studio.
1: Yeah, I mean that was kind of like every day kind of thing you know <laughs> <laughs> that's good that's
3: good i like that there's a uh, a tv show on on uh the channel that talking metal is on fuse and it it's called rock and roll acid test and one of them says that they're wondering if it's true that musicians make better music while drunk than while not drunk and what do you think about that
1: um i mean i'd say yes and no i mean it depends on how you like using it you know what i mean right Obviously, if you're just a drunk, I mean you kind of come off sloppy after a while um it can it can it can feed you know inspiration it can feed a mood and everything um I mean it could also work against you It's just kind of how I guess you are as a person um,
3: i th- I think that's a very healthy uh answer to that question, and you're a yeah, very yeah. smart, very smart answer to uh, that question. Yeah.
2: I wanted to ask you guys you guys are on a smaller label it's not a major label, and do you feel that that is affected? or makes it harder to maybe attract the attention of mainstream press? I mean, there's other bands, which I think you guys are actually better than, and I'm not going to name any names, but they (laughs) seem to be getting more press than you, uh, kind of doing a similar style of music, and without question, the material on your CD is much better, and I've just kind of been been wondering why you guys don't get the press some of these other groups are getting.
1: It's all about the cheddar, man. (laughs) It's all about the cheddar, unfortunately. That's how uh, this world and... The business works um you know being on an indie label that does uh that can put you at a disadvantage um depending on your sound you know what I mean I think our sound is you know we can't really hop on just like any any scene uh band tour you know that a lot of indie labels have this umbrella that they're used to all the bands are used to touring together and doing the same sort of thing you know what I mean but it seems like we kind of have like a bigger sound than that, and uh, so I mean, it can hurt us, and it's also cool. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, It's uh, I think we kind of fall under a different category, though. You know?
2: Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, you have almost, in a way, more of a universal hard rock sound, you know, but that yeah, that kind of limits like, you in some ways. Definitely.
1: It will it limits us if we're touring and uh, or not touring, but like in a in a market that is very specific to a lot of things, you know what I mean? Like, in a lot of the scene bands that are kind of out, you know, there aren't, like, a lot of people doing straight-up rock and roll, you know? Um, so it would kind of be a weird pairing of sorts to put us out with, you know, some emo, screamo-ness. And right. We it, That has not, I mean, I don't know, it would just be a weird pairing, you know? I mean... We blow bands like that out of the water, I know, but it's kids that are there to see that, you know. Most of the time don't want to hear some blues and rock and roll, you know.
2: Yeah, they're not going to be but, open uh, to it, yeah.
1: But, you know, it's kind of slowly changing, you know. We can only do our thing and uh, do our best, and, you know, we we seem to turn heads where we go and... um
2: and and the heads that are turning are they are they mostly kids are they like more twenty and thirty somethings or or is it hard um, to say?
1: You know, it's like uh, it's both. You know, like the the Airborne tour, um, it was a lot of uh, older crowds. You know, because that uh, there was a lot of radio shows for that for that tour, and a lot of the radio stations that were were uh, championing Airborne were like classic rock stations and stuff and um so it was a lot of uh, a good bit of older people at those shows you know they they dug the shit out of it um but you know it's it's different i mean we we always went over younger fans too there were a lot of kids at, at those shows a lot of but a lot of dad's bringing their sons and young daughters um so it's really cool to have some like seven and eight year olds come up to you and be like we signed my album you're awesome and like wow nice right. It's really refreshing to see young really young kids get into get into stuff like that, you know.
3: Cool. Um I wanted to ask you what is the music scene like in Atlanta? I've been there once and I know there's a lot of different stuff going on. There
1: is. Um, you know, it's like hip hop capital of the world, uh it seems or has seemed for the past few years. Um I mean as far as like rock and roll, you know, there's not a whole lot of rock and roll going on. There is, um, there's a lot of like, uh, a lot of indie bands that are getting a lot of, uh, a lot of coverage right now, like the Black Lips and Snowden and some other, but I mean, that's definitely more of like, kind of like a hipster kind of crowd, you know? So it's not necessarily in our vein of, of, of things, but, you know, we're trying to meet up with, with, uh, you know, other cats that are, preaching the rock and roll message you know maybe in a slightly different way than us but you know they're they're doing that and those are the folks we're trying to get up with
3: what are the clubs like w- like, like say a you know uh, like a metal band is going to come through town where do they play in Atlanta
1: well there's like it's pretty cut and dry as far as like venues I mean you, you got the Masquerade which is like a 1500 cap uh Top room, and then it goes from that to a uh, the tabernacle, which is the house of the house of blues size, and then after the tabernacle, it's like Gwinnett uh, Arena, which is smaller, and there's Phillips Arena, which is like for you know twenty thousand people or something. So, and then below all that are the you know the little you know hundred room hundred cap rooms. Um, so I mean, there's definitely a lot of a lot of I guess a lot of places for people to play, but. There's, there's not much variety, you know what I mean? A lot uh, The the venue you've seen here, like, the past 10 years has gone through a lot of change, and a lot of them went out of business, and a lot of them, you know, just didn't make it. So, I don't know. It's cool.
3: Yeah, definitely. I just want to definitely check out the city the next time I'm through town and, you know, check out some of those places for sure.
1: Yeah, cool. man, it's a cool town.
2: Well, Tanner, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Dude, thank you, man. We'd love uh, to get
2: a, an ID from you saying your name, your band name, and you're listening to Talking Metal whenever you're ready.
1: Yeah. Uh, what's up, y'all? This is Tanner from Stone Rider, and you're listening to Talking Metal.
2: Cool. And this is Mark and John from Talking Metal, and you are listening to Stone Rider. This is Juice Man. Have a good night. Take Dude, care, man.
1: you for the love, man. You,
2: you bet. it, y'all. Thank you. Well, take it easy, man.